Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The InDesigner, the podcast that provides information, instruction, and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host, Michael Murphy, graphic designer and Adobe certified expert in InDesign CS2. I know I've kept you all waiting longer than usual for this episode, but at long last, here it is, episode 23, Practicing Safe Output. I chose this topic from a number of different audience requests for subjects they'd like to hear more about. Some information in this episode was covered in episode 9, but that was audio only. So where there's a little bit of repetition, it'll be backed up by visuals this time around. And there's a lot here that's brand new, so let's get started. A subscriber sent me an email in which he said he's concerned about transparency causing errors with a PostScript raster image processor, or RIP. In his own words, I would love to stop holding back within InDesign and start to fully take advantage of these features and settings. Well, let me just say this to everyone listening. If you're holding back, stop. Not that every design requires that you use transparency, some are better off without it, but that's a design decision only you can make. Without question, taking advantage of transparency gives you greater flexibility as you work, and if it also improves your design, do not hold back. Transparency got a bad rap when first introduced in Illustrator 9, but even if that was deserved at the time, it's no longer the case. There are just a few key things you need to remember that will allow you to use transparency correctly and get successful output. I'm taking this from my own experience, so what I'll be covering is based on a PDF workflow, in which you're not supplying native InDesign files, fonts, and graphics to your printer, you're supplying a press-ready PDF. So when I refer to output, that's what I mean. But even if you're using native files, these principles still apply. Rule number one, transparency and rips don't mix. The first thing you need to know is that raster image processors, or at least many of them, don't understand transparency. They can't translate it or render it. As scary as that may sound, it's not really a problem, because you're going to have complete control over and deal with all of your transparency before you ever send the job to your printer. Transparency can be introduced into an InDesign document in many ways, such as placing native Photoshop files with transparent backgrounds, or native Illustrator files that use transparency. And you can create transparency right from within InDesign by adding drop shadows to images, shapes, or text, feathering objects, or by applying blend modes and opacity settings in the transparency palette. Not sure if there's transparency in your file? Look at the Pages palette. If you have a checkerboard page icon, you've got transparency somewhere on that spread. InDesign's built-in pre-flighting feature will also let you know if and on what pages transparency is present in your document. How transparency finds its way into your file doesn't really matter. What matters is that you know that you're in control of transparency and the key to its successful output, which is flattening. If you're a Photoshop user, don't confuse this with the way Photoshop flattens an image by combining all of the layers into one. Flattening transparency in an InDesign file is different. It occurs in the export to PDF process or in the printer, not in the document itself. Your InDesign file stays the same, but all the transparent elements in that file are, or should be, merged and flattened in the final PDF. That way, the RIP, or printer, doesn't receive any instructions it can't execute. This layout contains transparency from both Photoshop and InDesign, and I've set it up deliberately wrong to show you what you want to prevent from happening in the flattening process. 
To determine how flattening will affect this page and the objects on it, I select Window, Output, Flattener Preview, which opens up the Flattener Preview palette. What will suffer most from unwanted flattening is text, so the first thing I select from the highlight menu is Raster Fill Text and Strokes. Flattener Preview Mode highlights in red whatever will be rasterized based on my choice in the highlight menu and grays out everything else. I'm going to check Auto Refresh Highlight as well so I can work in this mode and see how the adjustments I make change what does and doesn't get flattened. As you can see from the red highlights, I've got a lot of text in this InDesign file that's going to be rasterized. Let's take a closer look at how bad this is. The drop shadow behind this book cover is causing the body copy to the right of and below it to be rasterized, and not even whole words or characters. Rasterization starts and stops where it needs to. There's also rasterization of the caption and pieces of this large script drop capital G. Up here, in the Good Books section title, the stack of books, a Photoshop image that also has a drop shadow applied in InDesign, is rasterizing portions of the word books. And I shudder to think of how bad this page would look on paper if all of the text around this silhouetted image at the bottom went to the printer the way it is now. Even though much of the text seems far away from the image itself, it's still within the bounds of the frame that contains it, which is why so much text is affected. So how do we fix this? Rule number two, proper layering equals proper flattening. Flattening converts areas containing transparency to raster or bitmap images. Vector objects are left alone unless they interact with transparent items on your page, or unless you make a mistake that causes vectors to be rasterized. In most cases, you can eliminate 90% of your rasterization issues by adjusting the layers in your document. Specifically, create a new layer just for your text that's above the transparent objects, and move your text frames onto that layer as I'm doing here. Notice how little red there is in the preview now? My body copy is now completely unaffected by flattening. My photo caption still needs to be moved up though, and now you can see the red portion of that eliminated from the preview as well. This layering structure may require some changes in how you set up your layout, which is why it's good to keep flattening in mind as you work, being aware of the potential consequences of transparency on your output as you go will inform your design decisions. You may need to modify the design or make small adjustments to minimize potential rasterization errors. There may, of course, be instances where you want transparency to physically overlap your text, like up here where the book image and drop shadow overlap the word books. If the text is large enough, and this text is, this shouldn't be a problem, but you do not want to do this with body copy. Rasterization of display type like this headline is not really going to be noticeable, because it's large enough to stand up to the flattening process and never be noticed in print. So if your design calls for a shadow to fall over display size type like this, it's perfectly safe to do. The last thing to look at is this bit of the script G that's showing up in red in the preview, but that's also large enough that I don't need to worry about it. In fact, if I switch the highlight option to transparent objects, you'll see that it's actually the entire letter that's going to be rasterized, because I applied a multiply blend mode and an opacity of 50% to it in the transparency palette. That being the case, I have no reason at all to be concerned with these specific areas around the book cover. 
looking at your page with the other highlight options is a good way to really understand how transparency is going to impact your layout and the objects contained in it. Rule number three, preview flattening as part of your preflight process. Before you export or send out your file, always, always, always use the flattener preview to look at every page that contains transparency. Consider it part of your preflighting process and make it a habit. Even if you diligently think about flattening as you design, you're going to miss something or make a mistake as you're working. We all do. Always assume that you're not perfect. It's the safest bet. Rule number four, PDF X1A, the great safety net. When you're ready to export your file as a PDF and you want to make sure the file is flattened with no surprises, the safest bet is to use the PDF X1A preset that's built right into InDesign. PDF X1A is a strict standard that only creates a PDF if your document complies with a specific set of guidelines. PDF X1A uses Acrobat 4, or PDF version 1.3, as its compatibility standard, which means that transparency must be flattened in the export process since Acrobat 4 does not support transparency. This preset will flatten the file using the transparency flattener's high resolution setting when exporting. Only CMYK and spot colors can be used in a PDF X1A compliant file, so if you have RGB images or colors in your document, they'll be converted in the export process. PDF X1A also ignores any interactivity such as bookmarks, buttons, audio, and video. And if the file you're exporting doesn't comply to the PDF X1A standard, you'll get a warning message, so it's a fairly bulletproof process. I send out all of my print jobs as individual PDF X1A files, and I never shy away from taking advantage of transparency if it suits my design needs. Here's a quick recap. 1. Transparency and rips don't mix. Your transparency has to be flattened at some point before film or plates are made, but you get to decide how and how well that flattening takes place. 2. Proper layering equals proper flattening. Keep flattening in mind as you work. Know what's potentially going to trip you up. Adjust your layering scheme and maybe even your design to eliminate problems before they occur. 3. Preview flattening as part of your preflight process. Use the flattener preview to look at every page of your document that contains transparency before you go to print. It's just as important as looking for missing fonts and graphics. 4. PDF X1A, the great safety net. If you're not sure how your PDF is going to be handled after you release it to the printer, and you're not 100% sure of the specifics of every PDF export option, pick the safest choice, PDF X1A. And if you have any nagging questions about a file you're sending out, talk to your printer about it. Better to have a paranoid conversation before the job is printed than an angry one afterward. That's it for practicing safe output. Now stop holding back, go out there, have a blast with transparency, as long as it supports good design. As always, I encourage everyone to participate on the blog by registering and posting comments or questions at www.theindesigner.com. More and more people are doing that now, and I think it's a great way to build a community and an ongoing dialogue that everyone benefits from. Or you can always send me an email to info at theindesigner.com, or look for me on AIM or iChat as The InDesigner. Until next time, which will be back on the normal schedule, I promise, this is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner video podcast. Thanks for watching.